Hello all and welcome back to another episode of the Strategic Whimsy Experiment. My name is Jennifer Hahn. And I'm Sarah Callum. And the Strategic Whimsy Experiment is a weekly gathering place filled with conversations about the films that shape our lives. Today we are going to be reviewing the next installment in the Avatar franchise, Avatar The Way of Water. All right, Sarah, do you want to kick us off with an IMDb summary for this film? Sure. Jake Sully lives with his newfound family formed on the extrasolar moon Pandora. Once a familiar threat returns to finish what was previously started, Jake must work with Neytiri and the army of the Navi race to protect their home. All right. And in sweet tradition... Let's start off with our one-sentence summaries for this movie. Sarah, what was your summary? Uh, Mine is, stop destroying the oceans. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Full support of that. This movie clearly has a thesis around that as well. It it sure does. It it has a couple things that it's trying to say about the oceans and how Mm -hmm. they're good. Yes. Yeah, just a couple things. Just a couple things. A a handful. You might have missed it if you weren't paying attention. (laughs) They apparently needed three whole hours of your time to make sure you knew as well. Yes. Really wanted to hammer the point home. Okay. My one-sentence summary is, this movie comes alive when it becomes an Avatar meets Fast and Furious crossover movie. (laughs) Nice. I'm just waiting for Vin Diesel, who apparently is part of the cast of this, although I don't know where he was in this. Yes. Oh, that's insane. So – you All know, right. I don't know if that's like, you know, Easter egg signs for the glorious piece of oh. filmmaking that may come. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> we I will never see get it. that movie. Maybe maybe it's like Justin Lin and James Cameron got together and Ooh. were like, okay, you know what would make Fast and the Furious yeah. even better is if we went to a different world. I mean, in whatever the last one was, they they shot a car into space. So Right. Right. Yeah, we're, we're opening we're up opportunities there. for otherworldly set pieces. I mean, okay. they're running out of like earthly set pieces to That's do. True. They've done it all. They've yes. done the like the icy glacier stuff. <laughs> they've done like every possible <laughs> country on planet Earth. Yes, they've done it all. It's mm. time now to go to Pandora. They have to go to Pandora. Okay. So maybe that's maybe that is Avatar <laughs> 3. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, man. How do you feel about seeing Vin Diesel in Avatar form, in Na'vi form? But, I mean, would he, though? Or would he just be, like, his Vin Diesel self? With the, like, whatever mask. Just with a mask on. I don't Mm, know, man. Like, would would he... Because that... I don't, I don't know. How would that affect your, your driving capabilities if you're in your – because then he would have to be in his, like, cryo chamber thing, right? And then he would be I, – I don't remember the first movie at all, so I don't remember how this whole, like, becoming blue thing works. Um, so I have some questions regarding that. And he wouldn't be able to fit in a car. He'd have to have a car that's built bigger. Oh, yeah, a Navi car. Yeah. Oh, so that's oh, what yeah. it'll be. Dominic yes. Toretto and his whole crew <laughs> are going to come to Pandora. Then they're going to create some bomb-ass giant cars oh, for the Navi. Yes, oh. in this incredibly organic world. Can you imagine uh, yeah, like a pterodactyl it. creature plus Tokun 
versus cars. Okay. You know what? I'm here for it. Let's go. Yeah. I just wonder how they'll handle the rocks, you know, bodily proportions in avatar format, you know? How will this look? Yeah. That would be quite something. Do we honor the proportions? I I think, didn't they have like a falling out between Vin Diesel and The Rock and something? And now like The Rock isn't in these movies anymore or something? I vaguely remember something like that, but I can't remember. Because, I mean, that's some incredible script writing right there, you know? Yeah, maybe I'm, maybe I'm surprised they we forget. Patch, they'd patch things up for Avatar yes. three. Yes, mm-hmm. to be in such an epic movie, bringing these two giant franchises together as one that will yeah. heal any disputes amongst the cast. Right, I'm excited. Yeah, this is great. Me pumped for this. I see <laughs> now why we needed four more movies. <laughs> this all makes sense. Yes. Yes. Now now I get it. All right. The world was just underestimating James Cameron's vision. They didn't know the collaboration, the secret collaboration that was unfolding. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we just cracked this code. We did. <laughs> wow. Amazing. I'm very proud of us. All right. I mean, nailed it. Podcast I'm, over. Five I'm more minutes. impressed that I'm more <laughs> impressed that we've like traveled along this thread for so many minutes. <laughs> Go us. True. Although this is very on 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 par for us, yeah. All right, okay. well, good stuff. I want to know what you think about this movie. Although I have some hypotheses, uh, we will share our initial thoughts of Avatar: The Way of Water. Yet another film with the word "water" in the title that I get to say a million times in this episode I'm for so all my pleased. Philadelphians out there. I'm so um, pleased. <laughs> um, but. Alas, we will not include any spoilers in this first section, and then we'll have full reign. So, Sarah, the moment of truth. What did you think of Avatar: The Way of Water? You had you you were not excited for this, but did no. this did this live up to your uh, did it exceed your very low expectations for this, or was it even more disappointing than you thought it would be? Um, no, it it was it was about what I expected. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. my, so my one sentence summary, my, my first go around totally gave away how I felt about this movie. My first try at a one sentence summary ended up being two sentences because it's just more fun to read it this way. And okay. it is want to defeat enemies armed with advanced weaponry. Get yourself some whales covered in plot armor. <laughs> yes. The MVP of this entire movie. I hope that doesn't, that doesn't spoil too much, but I don't. Man. I mean, there are some whales, and they do some legit stuff. Yeah, they I do. Mean, that's, they they said that in the in the trailers, I think. Okay, good. I don't know. Good, good. Yes. Um. Okay, so tell me more about your thoughts. I I don't understand why this movie exists. Um. I think that's just what I was thinking throughout the entire movie. <sighs> Uh, I was also questioning why this movie was over three hours long. Um, The visuals are stunning. And like going back and reading about how they created this movie made me really appreciate um, all of like the work and effort and innovation that went into making this because that's really incredible. But monies, all the monies, the monies. Yeah. 
That's yep. a ridiculous <laughs> amount of money that they spent <laughs> on this movie and the others because they filmed a few of them at the same time. Um, but I just, for me, there wasn't a lot there. You know, the movie does spend a lot of time trying to develop the characters and giving them emotional arcs. And there's a lot of like planting seeds for the next couple of movies. And, but I just didn't care about these people. I didn't understand why we were back in this world again. Um, I, the, the, the main like driving parts of the plot, I was like, didn't we already do this, but like in forest form, but now we're just doing the same thing in ocean form, but now we have more characters that we're supposed to care about. So the movie to me didn't seem to be saying anything new or exploring anything like thematically or as part of a story that warranted this movie. It really felt to me that like James Cameron was like, oh my gosh, like Avatar was so cool, but we're going to do that exact same thing again, but in water which is cool. It <laughs> looks great. And I love all of like the creatures that were created and it was a really cool world. And it was cool to see how like the, the Navi are very different from like the water people. Like there was a lot of really cool, like world building stuff there. But as far as the story goes and the characters go, I was just like, why are we doing this again? We didn't need this movie again, but that's just me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I actually think that it's a, in, a, in a weird way, the fact that it's been 10 years, nine years, it's been maybe like at least somewhere around a decade since the uh, previous Avatar came out. And I think in some ways, because this movie relies so heavily on being a spectacle, it, it helps it a little bit because it, it, for me at least, was like exciting to be back in this world again. Uh, and I think the amount of time that passes uh, makes that feel fresh and exciting versus if Avatar The Way of Water had come out like two years or three years after uh, the first movie. I think that there's there's a certain amount of like law of diminishing return that is at play there. So in some ways, I think that the time that elapses between the first one and the, se- and the second one actually makes the second one a little bit stronger. Um, there's so much that I think this film could have done differently in how it structures the storyline. And I actually think it's it's kind of a shame because had this beautiful spectacle been paired with an incredible storyline and an emotional arc with characters that we really were excited and invested in, I think this could have actually worked pretty well. Um, and yes, it probably didn't need to exist, but like I think there's a version of this movie that could have been really powerful and really great and gotten people a lot more excited about the next movies. Um, there are some like interesting, I think, threads and and themes that are are beginning to be explored that aren't f- just fully taken advantage of. Part of the the problems I think this movie falls um, and, and the traps that it falls into is that that idea that it's like trying to tackle way too many storylines all at once. Like mm-hmm. every character and every child in this um of the of the uh Sully and Natiri family has its own storyline and inevitably that's like five different storylines that we're trying to tell in addition to this larger storyline and so I think if they had focused a little more attention on 
um, a smaller group of characters, they could have really fleshed that out more and left the other movies to focus on the other kids' storylines. Uh, and I think this could have actually been more powerful. I had a, I had a good time with this movie. I really enjoyed it. Um, and I think that, as I mentioned in my one-sentence summary, this movie definitely comes alive a lot more in its second half. There's some really clunky exposition, which I'm sure we will talk about. But that third act, I think, is really strong because there is a goal, there's a motivation. And by that point, we've spent enough time with these characters that I'm a lot more emotionally invested. And so all of that like came together a lot at the end. Uh, but I think without that strong ending, I would have um, felt like this movie was a little bit lost for a little bit longer. Yeah. And I, I think one of I, – I have a few – issues with this movie but I I think for me one of the things that I had an issue with is that for so much of the movie they're not doing anything they're just there's no goal they're just they're learning to swim you know they're learning to breathe underwater they're making some fish friends and I think that's great. It makes for some great visuals. But during that whole like middle section, I was just like, why are we doing this? You just mm-hmm. wanted to be able to do a Navi next to a whale. You just wanted that shot. That's the whole reason why we're doing this. <laughs> oh, I'm so frustrated. So I really think as far as like the meat of the story goes, like this could have been 90 minutes, two hours long. Like this should not have been three hours long. And because of like some of the transitions in this movie, my guess is that James Cameron's first cut of this was even longer because there were some cuts between scenes that were really, really rough. And I was like, how is this in your final movie? Uh Uh, So there's just, like you were saying, I, I do think that there is a way to retool this so that it is more engaging you trim off some of the fat and just make this, I don't know, like something that you want to inhabit without this like meandering middle section that you really don't need, even though it is visually stunning. Like, I think that there's a way that you could have kept that that visual depth and drama and interest and have it be important to the story. You can have those two things coexist at once. Uh, We don't need to sacrifice one for the other. Yeah, I completely agree, which is why I feel like it's such a shame because those two things could have been designed together much uh, more closely. And for a film that has spent so much money on the visuals, like just workshop the story a little bit longer and really nail it before we design the visuals. It's almost like the the story was designed to fit the visuals instead of the visuals designed to fit the core storyline. Um, and they they're, they clearly are emphasizing one dimension of this far more than the other. And I just feel like they they could have worked together. And I think this could have been really, really great. And there wasn't a lot of stakes or tension until that last act is the other mm-hmm. thing. Like we're just – so. There are a lot of movies that do that where like somebody is in hiding and like have flee they've fled for their lives and that can be absolutely gripping and thrilling and you're on the edge of your seat the whole time. And this movie was very much like, "Oop, we've run away. 
oh my gosh, this is so fun. Now we're swimming. Everything's great. We got a little like racism situation going on that we're going to tackle, but that's okay. It's all good. And now we're going to swim again. Like yeah. <laughs> there was no tension, no stakes. And even though they were mm -hmm. talking about how like, oh, we're in fear for our lives, blah, 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 blah. I was like, nah, you're really not. Because if you were actually afraid, you would have handled these situations very differently. So I don't believe that you're afraid. So I am checking out, even though what is on the screen is gorgeous. I am not emotionally invested because there are no stakes. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It it falls into the same uh, traps and challenges that uh, Jurassic World falls into as well, mm -hmm. um, which is that it's a fun, entertaining experience, but the plot is so thin that the visuals just don't have like a foundation to sit on. And so we end up getting like a, a Disney ride experience for three hours uh, where, where we, we, there is like entertainment as far as like, oh, we're in this different world and there's, there's like visual stimulation, but there is an emotional stimulation. So it doesn't feel like a full storyline that we can like really sink our teeth into. Um, and I think in, in the Jurassic World case as well, there's, there's, a, there's a version of the story that could have really worked well. Like the pieces are there. They just weren't organized and focused and prioritized in the right ways. So we end up getting just like a visual spectacle, which is a fun experience. And then we leave the theater and that's about it, you know? So uh, we, we've talked a little bit about this. One of my theories is that when it comes to uh, like scripts and screenplays, when there are more writers, it tends to be a worse screenplay. And there are a bunch of writers for this one. So I feel like that is a helpful data point that reinforces my wild theory based on my own thoughts. I, I could see that. It's almost as if each writer took a child of the family and wrote the storyline and then like let's throw them on together and just intercut them together. You know, like there there's there's not enough intersecting of those storylines at all either, which I think is a, is a version of this movie that also could have worked as well. Like, okay, if we're not going to focus on one kid's storyline, um, then at least make – their storylines inter interact with each other in really interesting ways that really like explores this idea of family dynamics and tensions between siblings and them vying for like affection from their parents and all of those complicated like inter family familial loyalties and relationships like that's interesting as well you know and and there were moments of that where this family felt like a real family and then there's others where you know, we were just on each kid's storyline and they get their own like five minute little scene and then we cut to the next kid's five minute little scene. Yeah, yeah. And and this movie had so much to do because it's, you know, because it has been, I looked it up, it's 13 years since Avatar came out, which is bonkers. So like yeah. reintroducing people to the old version of the world setting up the villain, setting up the new part of Pandora that we've never seen before, reintroducing us to Jake and Atiri, and then introducing us to their four kids 
and the people of the water place and all of the other little tertiary characters that we get to like that is so much to do in one movie (laughs) like it's too many things um and so I I do I don't know I it's a hard puzzle to solve but I I feel like there were other options here to tell this story in a in a more meaningful way and I guess I guess the question that I kept coming back to is what is the point of this because I I'm not even sure like other than like oceans are good don't destroy the oceans which really makes me wonder is like avatar 3 gonna be like don't destroy the ice caps like is it gonna be in like the arctic i don't i was thinking about that too yeah (laughs) we're just going to different ecosystems in each avatar to not destroy that ecosystem i don't know but like other than oceans are good don't destroy them like what is this movie about out. like what is this movie trying to say and I'm I'm not really sure other than there's just this really cool world which if that's the point that's great that's fine it is a really cool world but I don't know I just I wanted something more out of this mm-hmm. I wanted a little bit more meat from this which just might be an unrealistic expectation for myself and maybe I just needed to come into this more thinking like I would like a Fast and the Furious movie, uh, yeah. even though there are themes in Fast and the Furious, but I needed to come at this maybe as more like a summer blockbuster rather than something yeah. more. I don't know. Maybe my expectations were wrong. You know, it's so funny because I had that same thought when I was thinking about Avatar the way of water in comparison to like a Jurassic world because in the first few I think the first time that we watched Jurassic world I was also like upset the whole time because I was like this the script the storyline doesn't work like they're it's so thin and the second time we watched the most recent one what I don't remember which one it was it's where everyone came back together I was like you know what I'm just here to see some dinosaurs roar and I'm gonna be happy but but I think I think it's – we can see blockbusters that also have great story telling and, and great uh, emotional arcs and great characters. So like part of me is like we can, we can demand for great, great things that are also beautiful and have, have this visual spectacle but are supported by an incredible storyline. Like why why not? You know what I mean? Like there's – there's they are not mutually exclusive I I guess if you think about it in terms of like time scope and resources like they just didn't have time or people to really focus on the storyline or this was the story that they wanted to tell but you know that this would have been incredibly epic had the storyline been incredibly emotional and we were and invested and we understood what the stakes were like all of the spectacle actually becomes so much more effective for us um, versus it being just this like, look what I can do um, display of beautiful visuals. It's like, no, now those visuals have meaning. Like that whale has meaning now. Like that shot has like meta meaning beyond just it being a beautiful shot. It now represents this 
theme or thesis, you know? And I think in some ways, the first movie does a better job of that. Like, the first movie storyline is pretty simplistic in a lot of ways, but it it was clear what they were trying to say. There were clear stakes. There was a goal. There was this tension between the Sky People and um, the, the, the Na'vi. We see this character that's be- beginning to grow empathy and understanding for um, – the people that he's supposed to be conquering. And like it's an it's a there's a lot more there to sink our teeth into. And I think that's why those visuals were so exciting for that first movie, because we could see visually this tension between the world of the sky people and humans and the machinery and this beautiful organic world. And that contrast actually had more meaning. Whereas we don't we don't have that. We're just like fully in Pandora in this movie. And the storyline, which I think was supposed to be centered around this this family and this family sticking together and they are like the protagonist in a lot of ways um i just feel like there's there's so much more that could have been done that they didn't get a chance to take advantage of yeah and and i think for me probably the most the the most interesting characters to me were uh Natiri and uh, the the older daughter, whatever her name was, Kiri. Kiri, to me, like those were the two most interesting characters, and we get not a lot from either of them. <laughs> like they have their little moments, um, and it's cool to see how they seem to be setting up Kiri for the next movie. Uh, hopefully, we'll get more with her, but. So like all of this time with Jake, who I don't care about at all, he's the damn worst. And then all of these kids that I also just really don't care about. Um, (laughs) I mean, the one's just being a little turd the whole time. And then the other is just trying to be a good brother. And then he gets in trouble. And then the little one is cute. But I mean, she doesn't really do a lot. So we'll see what happens with her. So I just... I don't know. I, I wonder if 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 we're going to focus on the family dynamic and, and all of these different characters, like, can we focus on different of these characters? <laughs> you know, can we give maybe Neytiri more to do? Because I, I think in Avatar, she was the one that I was the most interested in there, too. Like, she's this legit warrior chick who can just like mow down people with her bow and arrow. This is incredible. Why doesn't she get more time on screen? So I, I, I even think how they allocate time to explore these characters could have been improved. Uh, And also like, how about we, we have our characters learn some lessons or like grow and change over the course of the movie, you know, like, I don't know. They're they are in a different place by the end of the movie, but I don't know that any of them are there of their own volition. It's just kind of like, oh, life has been thrown at us and now we're having to adapt and now we're in this completely different situation. But I don't know that maybe that's it. Maybe they just didn't have enough agency for me. And so it was just kind of like we're just going with the flow for three hours. And that's too long of going with the flow for me. I think especially in like this like blockbuster action movie, 
I want I want there to be a little bit more agency for the characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I think more focus. I, I, I think there's maybe a version of this movie where you could have had each of these characters incredibly dynamic and they each are growing in different ways. Like Pinocchio. Okay, we just reviewed Pinocchio. Pinocchio has each character all in the movie – their own story arcs and emotional arcs that come to fruition. Like it's beautiful. It's it's difficult to do though. So I think this movie could have taken more of the approach that the new Star Wars trilogy takes, which is let's give our focus and attention to a smaller number of characters for each movie and really see that arc through. And the next mm-hmm. movie, we're going to focus on a different character. You know what I mean? Like Luke gets his movie. Han Solo gets his movie. Leia would have gotten her movie. But you know what I mean? Like there's – they're not trying to develop all three of their storylines at the same time because inevitably I think just like our loyalties and our emotional capacity as viewers, it, it's harder to, to draw that out of us with like seven different characters and and feel invested in all of those storylines and all of the stakes at the same time. I mean, I think one of the interesting storylines that could have been a really cool follow-up to the previous movie was the whole spider storyline and how – it's almost the reverse of uh, Jake Sully from the previous movie. Like he feels like he's Navi, but now he has to grapple with this like strange sense of identity and his father has now showed up, but his father looks like a Navi. Like that's, that'll shake your world. You know what I mean? Like there's a whole interesting storyline that you could explore there and his shifting loyalties between this family that has really raised him uh, versus his like, biological father and this like other like species of humans that he's never felt like he's really connected with but now he's learning about like that's a whole movie in and of itself that could have been really interesting too um and this movie has just like a smattering of all of these storylines all at once and so when this movie ended I was thinking about how this feels in a lot of ways like a setup movie for all of the future avatar Mm -hmm. sequels you know like it's kind of just laying the foundations for us and i think that's probably why this feels less satisfying because this is meant to this is like chapter one of a five chapter storyline i guess it's chapter two of a five chapter storyline but there's like more to be told which somehow makes this middle story piece feel like it wasn't a whole uh standalone piece of a larger story that had a beginning, middle, and end intention and stakes that were resolved in some way while still being able to set up the next movie. So I feel like that might be part of what we're picking up on as well. Which is just frustrating. Like, <laughs> again, like, we, you can have a movie that is both good thematically and with a story and looks good visually same thing here you can have a movie that is good and stands on its own while also setting up other movies like we that they're not mutually exclusive you can have both and we deserved both here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'm just ugh, i'm so bothered yeah yeah i mean it's true there's a reason why we like if we look at the mcu there's often the standalone movie for the character before we really bring them all back together. You know what I mean? Like we're not starting out with the Avengers movie. We're starting out with individual storylines that we are now 
on board and we feel like we know these individual characters. Now let's bring them all together and like see them kick ass. But there is that focus and time for us to really get invested in them. We don't have time with any. There's, I think, but but like what's a shame to me is that I I see that there was potential for each of those threads and storylines for each of the characters that were included in this. Like had they just given more time to it and, and thought through it more, I think there's an interesting story to be told there. Um, some of them are not necessarily like new and innovative, but they're kind of timeless storylines that could have like been a really emotionally satisfying storyline. You know what I mean? This idea of this, we'll take the um, younger brother who just has this like adventurous spirit and this rebellious spirit, but has like identified with this other outcast and been able to empathize in a way that like none of the other people were able to empathize. Like there's something like really beautiful about that storyline. And I love that this movie includes a cost. I'm trying not to get too spoil the ending too much, but like there's a cost that the movie chooses to surface up for that character that, that is now going to be a growing moment. Hopefully we see some of the effects of that in the next movie, but um you know, just it's it's there's not enough time to really exploit, it, so it just feels thin. It just feels like a side storyline that was never fully developed. And and like you were saying, like none of the side storylines until the very end, it comes together, and it's like, oh, some of these things were actually related to the big story, but they all seem so separate for so long. So I think. So two of the ideas I have of how to change this movie is one, either (laughs) make them basically like be on the run for the whole movie until the end. Then they can have their showdown. Third act can stay relatively the same. But as they are on the run together, then you can see all the family dynamics. You're meeting all of the kids in action rather than through exposition. And then each of them can have their own little storylines as relates to them being on the run, you know? So it's, it's, it's more compact. It's more connected. You can still do cool, fun visual things because they can be on the run in water. I don't know, but have them working together as a team for the whole movie. And then that can set up whatever other storylines for the next movie. My other idea is to just have the movie start with them with the water people. And so then we're, then like we understand that they have already fled their home. And then we have more time to really sit with the characters as they are in this new surroundings, as they are mourning their home. I really wish we had spent more time with Neytiri mourning the loss of her home and the loss of her people. And we don't get to feel the weight and the emotion of that. So I wonder if like already having them like with the water people, you can cut some time from the beginning of the film and have like this, this looming threat of the sky people coming back but we don't, so it's like the shark in Jaws, you know, you know, the threat is coming. You can see glimpses of the threat to really like build tension that way. 
uh, and like then really build this new world and then some stuff with some of the kids, but you have more time to develop each of their stories. I don't know. So those are two ideas that I had to just kind of like rearrange the story to maybe make it, I don't know, just like more engaging and have a central plot that everybody is working toward and seeds all the next movies. I don't know. Mm -hmm. There's just, there's a better way than what we got. (laughs) There really is. There really is. Uh, This seems like probably a good time for us to include the spoiler alert because I think we'll have probably lots to talk about with, with some of this like events that happen as we figure out how this could be restructured. Okay. I, I, I like both of the, those ideas and I think that they touch on like two ways to do this, which is that it's either like an action-driven, event-driven, like we are running from a threat movie that then the character moments come out through or it's really focused on this like emotional character plot, character-driven plot, uh, which is that we see those interpersonal familial dynamics really come out as they're having to like figure out how to adapt in this new place. And I feel like we – the movie touches on some of that, but there's so much like fun, lighthearted stuff that like mm-hmm. that idea of the looming threat just doesn't feel real. And I, I my theory is that the movie thinks that by cutting back and forth between uh, Jake and Neytiri's family and the whole Sky People, Miles threat, that that's supposed to feel like it's a looming threat. When in reality, we're cutting from Miles over to this family who's like having a good time learning how to adapt in the water. You know what I mean? And so that like emotional tension also isn't there because the mood and the tone of this family that's supposed to be worried uh, by this threat that that comes that really does arrive by the end of the movie, but we don't ever feel that tension for most of the time. So then it feels like you were saying earlier, feels like we're just like wandering, having a good time. We're going to swim with some fishes. We're going snorkeling. You know, like it it feels just like we're living life with no mm-hmm. forward momentum. Yeah, they're on a beach vacation. They just <laughs> they went to a sandals <laughs> resort and are just kicking oh, it. Man. And then yes. like, oops. <laughs> Bad guys come. So sorry. So sorry. And also, like, even even some of the, like, interpersonal dynamics between um, Jake and Neytiri and the clan leaders is kind of interesting yeah. to explore, too. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, hey, y'all are showing up at our peaceful establishment, established civilization, and you are literally a threat. Like, you are bringing the danger here. And that, like, moral – question is also interesting that again the movie begins to give us glimpses of but it resolves it so quickly and they kind of welcome them with open arms but I I love that moment where I think it's the clan leader's wife was like we got to consider this like we got to protect our people too like do we want to bring the danger in with us and like what are our loyalties to this person and we see that come to fruition the finale where they are agreeing to fight alongside them but there is that like interesting moral dilemma which could have been really exciting to see unfold and what I just what I what I don't understand about a lot of the choices in this movie I don't understand but one of them is this whole idea of like okay we need to run to keep our family safe got it understand 
the whole idea of we need to run to keep our people safe. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's cool. But how are the bad guys going to know that you have run away? Like, did you like release a press release? Did you send out a tweet saying like, okay, we're done. We're leaving. Don't bomb our people. Like, I didn't understand tactically how that was going to save the people and why the bad guys didn't just like keep assaulting the Navi people instead of just like, oh man, yeah, like now we're just going to chill because Jake left and somehow we know that he left, but we don't know where he went. I don't know. I just, I had some issues with how all of that went down. And I feel like there's just a better way to get them to run. I don't know. It just, it didn't make sense to me. Maybe I was just overthinking it. Maybe I missed something, but I was, I I could not understand that piece of it, which is central to the entire movie. (laughs) Yes, it really is. I, I had a, a similar thought, but maybe slightly different in nature, tangentially. But like, it, this movie plays up this this uh, you know rivalry between Miles and and Jake Sully so much, but I I I wondered it didn't feel like that was substantial enough from the first movie for this to warrant like that is the sky people's goal. And so if we're really thinking about like playing up. The enemy, which is which is vital to a film like this, where there are stakes and whatnot. Like, I don't know what the Sky People's goal are. I know what Miles's goal is, but I don't. I mean, he's he's here for revenge. Apparently, they're like all just trying to take out Jake Sully. Um, I think partially, maybe it's because he was like the leader of the guerrilla warfare that they, you know, had like a short montage for in the clunky plot exposition. But the the mission of the enemy is entirely unclear, which I think also makes the forward momentum of this feel unknown to me. Um, what's if if this is a struggle between two people groups? It's clear to me what one people's group's goal is, which is like survival and protection of their people, and we don't really know what the sky people's goals are. They they're coming to colonize at some point, but they're really targeting the whale, and we just don't. That that tension, I think, was so much more effective in the first movie. And this one, it gets kind of muddled or it's relying on the fact that we remembered some of that from the first movie and therefore translating that into this movie. But we never really see it and experience it. And that's another thing that I, I really struggled with this movie is I don't remember the first movie at all. I remembered not enjoying it and I can't even tell you why uh probably for similar reasons why I didn't enjoy this movie um but because I didn't remember the salient details of Avatar 1 um I was real lost about some things like I didn't understand kind of like who Spider was or like where he came from and like why he like how is he hanging out with with the Navi people, but he's not blue, but like what I I don't understand. And then I didn't understand Kiri and like why Sigourney Weaver was blue and in a tank. I did. 
I didn't understand a lot of things. And I was like trying to play, (laughs) I was trying to play catch up during the long exposition. And they were telling, they were telling lots of information, but none of it was what I needed uh, because I did not remember the first movie. So it's again, like that difficult thing in sequels where they need to catch you up enough and give you the right information so that you have everything that you need for this movie without giving you too much information. And I feel like I got information that I didn't need and then didn't get some information that I did need because I do not remember Avatar. And I understand that I am the minority in the people who are watching this movie because I remember less than everybody else. But I needed more information about some things. I I think you're not in the minority. I watched like a 10-minute video of like everything you need to know from Avatar 1 before watching this movie, oh, which I think helps me yep, so I much. Done that. <laughs> but like – but no, but it's not – you shouldn't have to do homework to go into this next movie. It's the movie's job to catch you up to speed on all the important things. You know what I mean? Like, okay, so I was thinking about – I mean this this clunky – prologue exposition i think takes like 30 to 40 minutes it felt like forever and it was purely like information and events not the emotions behind like all that had unfolded and all this baggage and all this like emotion that i think would have helped us carry into like being on board and and back in that headspace of like oh yes like natiri i'm all for her jake sully like rooting for him and now he has a family so I guess I'm rooting for them too you know like I don't think it achieved the emotional effects it needed to it just gave us a lot of information which it sounds like was not even the information we needed but Toy Story 4 is like a a master class the first like 10 minutes of Toy Story 4 is a master class in doing this well it simultaneously gives us all the information we need to know about like what happened in the previous movie and and where Andy's at and where these characters are at that we care about and it like is a gut punch to your heart too so that by the time we're on this journey now with these characters like we feel all the weight of that those previous movies and we are carrying that into this storyline and we are like primed buttered up like ready to go and this movie just it just it's not efficient in getting us up to speed and it sounds like it wasn't really effective for you anyway um and and it doesn't achieve the emotional um I think the emotional transfer over into us as the audience that it needed to as well. So I think that there's a, like a lot of wasted time on the opening 30, 40 minutes. So maybe if this, because the, the, the long exposition is all done by Jake, who I don't like, he annoys me, but that's okay. But I wonder if if that would have been better if Neytiri had done all of that. Because then you would see like the the beauty and the magic of Pandora. You would be retransported into that, seeing it through her eyes. Then you would see like how she sees the children, which and like I, I feel like instead of trying to like add in all of this emotion via this like hardened marine man marines do feel emotions they can be very emotionally in tune yes this is not one of those marines 
like I feel like that might have been more effective maybe and might have brought a different perspective uh than what we currently have I don't know just a way to shake it up do something different instead of Jake being positioned as the protagonist yet again I'm just cracking up because Santa's going by right now that's amazing hi Santa <laughs> thanks for coming truck. by there have been like seven fire trucks that have gone by Santa just went by I forget <laughs> that that happens in your neighborhood and I think that that's incredible and I also forget terrifying. that this happens too but also I was like is everything okay out there <laughs> is someone's house on fire but also these like fire trucks are just like cruising by you know like they're not in a hurry at all it's really it's amazing. Wow. Santa's All right. Parade, parade. Hi, Santa. Thanks for coming to our podcast. Hey what did you feel yes. about Avatar 2? How did you feel about this? Um, no, I, I, I completely agree. I think a Neytiri voiceover would have been way more effective. See, this is a one, another one of the plot lines that is introduced but not, not resolved. And I guess this might be resolved in another movie, but that whole plot line around like um, – Jake being kind of hard on his sons. There's like a whole scene and conversation that he mm-hmm. has with Neytiri where Neytiri is like, hey, you, you're, you're a little too hard of them. Like we're not running. We're not running a guerrilla warfare camp here. Like this is our family. And she kind of keeps in check. Um, and there's this whole theme that continues to roll into the final third act around like a father's role is to protect. It's what gives him purpose, right? And, but – there's there's not growth there. There's not there's not complicated. Yeah. He doesn't learn anything. He's still the same that he was at the beginning. And so I don't know if that is going to be explored in a future movie. I would imagine so. But again, it feels unsatisfying. Um, and I think that the other interesting dimension of Nateri doing the voiceover that you mentioned was that we can really feel the weight of her having to leave her yes. people, which. Yes. Oh, we felt that a little bit when they had that argument and she was like, this was the responsibility like my dying father gave to me and you're asking me to abandon this. Like these are my people. And I wanted her to struggle with that more. I wanted her to fight back with that more and have that to like really come in as a theme again and again of like her feeling this pull. And again, the movie does kind of touch on that again where she's she's the one that's pushing – Jake just be like, hey, we need to fight and stand up for our people and protect the reef people now, which are now our people. But it's it's just kind of buried in there, you know? So so there are glimmers of these threads that are not fully abandoned. They they do come up again, but they're kind of buried in all the other chaos and they're buried amongst the rest of the other smattering of uh plot points and themes as well. So there's I think that all I think that there's a lot of like really great pieces of the puzzle here. They just need to we need to like abandon half of the pieces of the puzzle, save them for another movie and just really focus on a small number and like construct them in a different way. And I think this really could have worked. Like the the foundation is there, I think. And like what if you know, knowing that there's going to be a bajillion of these, what if you don't have Avatar 2 set, whatever, 13 years after the first one. I don't remember. Do, do they say how long it's been? It's been 
10 oh, years, I think. Sure. Yeah. Because their know. kids are older now. I mean, they're teenagers. Something so like it, it had to have been, I don't know, 15 years or whatever. Anyway. Years. Yeah. So instead of it being that big of a jump, what if this is like seven years post the first movie? And so then you can have like littles. She could even be pregnant. And so then that way, because they're they're itty bitty and they're trying to keep this family alive and and safe and together and trying to figure out how to parent and do all of the things, like, I don't know, I feel like maybe that could have worked. The story is, is about the family as a whole. We're primarily focused on Jake and Neytiri because they are the adults, but we care about the littles because they're cute little blue kids and that's great. Um, and then the third one could be, you know, seven years post that. So we already know of the children. We've seen them as little kids. And then in this movie, they're teenagers with agency. They're going out, they're making mistakes. They're making good choices. Da, 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 da. But we're already emotionally invested in the family to begin with. And then they can have all their own little plot lines in the third movie. Yeah, that actually solves for something that I don't know if you felt in the first like hour of this movie, but I I had to like put a little a little bit of like emotional work to like get to the point where I was like, okay, they have kids now, and I'm trying to understand who these kids are, it, and I'm trying to tell the kids apart too because they're all like blue kids running around, and for the first hour, none of them have clear personality traits that are really obvious to us yet. You know what I mean? They're kind of like a family unit, but it's not until we get to them moving to the um, to the water and meeting the reef people that we start to see each of the kids' personalities, like, and we can now distinguish between the older brother and the younger brother that's rebellious, and we really get to see Kiri also explore, like, her sense of feeling ostracized and kind of a freak amongst her peers. Like, that – we don't really get their personalities for the first hour, so I'm, like – I don't know any of these kids, you know what I mean? But like apparently they're offspring and we're supposed to care about them. And so I feel like that would help solve for that as well, which is that we have now time to like emotionally invest in each of the characters versus like, again, trying to jump into so many people to care about in this one movie. Yes. Yeah. Which just makes me now curious. What the, what What's the next part of the story, you know? Like, what? How like, are we going to – how are we going to have this last – what three more movies? Oh God, oh. that's a lot more story to tell. If they're all three hours each, you know. <laughs> Why do yeah. we need so many more hours of Avatar? I don't understand. I yeah, uh, I am interested to see what they do with Kiri, um, and the whole like she can talk to the underwater animals, and she knows she's very in tune with nature, jazz, and. You know, like, I'm very intrigued what they're going to do with her. I still don't understand the Sigourney Weaver in a in a tube thing. She was, like, born – She yeah, she was born from Sigourney Weaver's already dead Avatar body somehow because science. <laughs> okay, sure. Because we can do sure. anything now with science, right. apparently. I, okay. I That's fine. That works. <laughs> I, I don't understand. Um, I also didn't realize at the, so at the end of the first Avatar, does Sigourney Weaver become a blue person? No. So they try to, 
they try she's like wounded in the the final battle of the first movie and they try to take her soul memories and put them into an avatar body but because her body was so weak like they couldn't successfully transfer her over but they Uh. did successfully transfer jake's soul and memories and brain over to an avatar body so now he's permanently an avatar okay see that was also something that i was confused about i was like (laughs) is there a sam worthington who is just like in a tube somewhere okay that that helps clear up some things for me thank you Mm -hmm. i was was quite confused i was like "Hmm, i should have paid more attention during avatar i guess (laughs) a lot was lost on me it it was a lot. There was there was like a lot of the some ten minute summary video that I watched where I was like, oh, I didn't, I forgot this character even existed. Hello. Apparently, there's a na- character named Trudy who was very important that died oh. in that movie. Okay, great. Sorry, Trudy. Yeah. That that sucks. So well, and- also in the in the exposition, they cover that Miles and apparently the Sky People can now just become Avatar. Yeah, I they. Which I was they, like, we should we hmm? should we we should have set like we should have like really like milked that. That should have been a whole movie is like the sky people are figuring out technology to become after people. We need to stop them. Yes. Honestly, like that is, oh my gosh, I, we need to restructure this whole series (laughs) because truly that's the cliffhanger Yeah, is, oh, they've figured out how to do it to set up the next movie. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is, this is a mess. Mm-hmm. Oh, what are we doing? Because if if this is positioned as like an epic battle between oh, these man. two groups, yeah, like what the 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 Navi's advantage is one, obviously their understanding of the environment and the ecological systems of Pandora, but two, it's like their superhuman strength. Like they are twice as tall, they are like way more swift, stronger. But the the people, the Sky People, have all of the automatic weapons. Now they have mm-hmm. Navi bodies and automatic yeah. weapons. Like they got both. How uh, how they're gonna write themselves out of this one? Whales covered in plot armor <laughs> can defeat any enemy. It's the amazing. Dogoon. I was thinking about King. Was it King Kong? No. What was the movie? What was your entry into? Godzilla. Um, Godzilla. I was thinking about Godzilla when Tokun was on screen i'm just like this 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 beast is doing all the work Absolutely. all the work yep they and would not have won without him oh no he is the hero of this entire movie <laughs> he is the hero of the whole movie which honestly i do appreciate that it's a whale who took everybody out i just think that's great because we think of them as these like gentle giants which they are but like that's a big animal it can do some yeah. damage if you get it on its bad side so that was really cool. But but I, I'm just impressed that they somehow were able to make me more emotionally invested in this whale that could not speak than I was in any of these other blue people. <laughs> any other character. Like that was the character I was like, I'm I'm rooting for you. I feel emotionally connected to you most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mad respect for the whale. My uh my other thought of a plot summary was something along the lines of uh, the new killer whale or like something like that. <laughs> yes. uh, but I, it's just, 
I couldn't come up with like just the right phrasing to make that really quippy and good. So we didn't quite get there, but I love that that he took out a whole army of, of whaler people. That's great. Revenge of the whale. That could have been great. But see, that wasn't a flat. That was a full emotional arc that we got there because we got his backstory. We understood his pain. We understood his struggle. We felt the weight of his isolation and and now he is avenging all of that. You know what I mean? Like he is showing up for the people that he cares about, that he loves. He's no longer outcast. He has this new friendship that he's fighting for and he's enacting his revenge on the colonizers that killed his mother. Heck yes take them out that is a beautiful story that is the only storyline we needed in this whole movie okay so we cut everything except for the <laughs> perfect this is like we got the it. antithesis to jaws you know <laughs> everyone thinks it's a killer world, but actually he's just fighting for good he's just standing yes. up for people okay yes why didn't we make that movie that's so much better oh right? my gosh yes yeah Oh, that's that's so much better. I want that movie now. He's just bringing justice to the co- for he against the colonizers. He is. Wow. Yes. This is incredible. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Well, we have lots of notes about the story of this movie. I think I think we both agree that the storyline needs a lot of work. However, I think you did not enjoy this most of this movie, whereas I was like having a good time with this. So we di- we we disagree on that part, but we agree on the storyline needing help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I'm I struggle with three hour movies. I you just do. do. It's so yeah. damn long, and I just. <laughs> I, Throughout this movie, I was like, oh, this is this is going to be rough for Sarah. <laughs> like the story is not good. And I know that you lo- like you're you're you have you have thoughts about that. I and do. then this is just it's just visual spectacle and fluff. And that's it. That's it. Yeah. So, yeah. And I I have a bad habit of I, I'm actually not even going to say it's a bad habit. I have a habit of like I'll look at my watch throughout a movie because I want to see like story-wise it's like oh this event happened we should be at like x time I'm like yeah pacing my way through the movie and I kept looking at my watch and going oh my god I had that I had that thought oh (laughs) it was so bad there were so many moments where I was like oh no this is so long yeah, I think the I think of all the sections though, I think the middle section oh, is the longest because there re- like really is no goal. Like as 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 clunky as the exposition is, like we're still inhaling information, so it feels productive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but when we're just like learning how to swim, yeah, I didn't care. I I also yeah. didn't care that the reef people didn't like the Navi people. I did not care. I was oh. like, I just let's let's get a move on, like. I love that you're trying to include this in here. That's lovely, but it has nothing to do with anything. And I need you to hurry it up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there well, was- I think so far this movie is doing decently well at the box office yeah. considering it's opening weekend. I think it's 
apparently behind expectations. Okay. But still making a good splash. So we'll see. It's not really the, the like Christmas holiday season yet either. So I think it's mm. going to get a big surge then, I'm sure. How was uh, – were there a lot of people in the theater when you went? Well, I went on a Friday at like 11 a.m. Nice. <laughs> and I think there were about five other people in the theater with me. Nice. Yeah. So – Pretty good for a Friday at 11, like the first showing of the day. Yeah. Um, the parking lot was nearly empty, but not not a, not a ton. I think that was opening day as well. So I imagine mm-hmm. that the like mm-hmm. that Friday night showtime would have been, yeah. I think, more more illuminating. What about your theater? Uh, I went also to the first showing on Friday, which was at 9:30 a.m. What? Yeah. See, I need my theater to play earlier times. Oh, I would go God. earlier. 9:30. You started your day morning, with this. It's great because then you just go to your movie, you do your stuff, then you come home, you eat lunch, and then you work for the rest of the day. It's a great <laughs> way to spend the day. Uh, yeah, there. Were How probably, many people do you have in your theater? There were probably like ten other people in the theater, which wow. I was quite shocked by. That there, is impressive. There was an old couple at nine thirty in the morning. At nine thirty in the morning, and it was like wow. There was a uh, an. It, it wasn't all old people, which surprised me. Um, there was a couple on the other side of the row as me who were probably like mid-30s. Um, wow. One of them left right when the movie was no getting way. good, which was really funny to me. And then there were two, there was an old couple in the row in front of me whose phone kept going off, which oh, was Lord. quite fun. And then they would just make comments to each other very loudly at all the wrong times. So that was this. also a- I love those moviegoers. <laughs> part of the viewing experience. But was- <laughs> we had some people at 9.30 a.m. to see Avatar, which was which was wonderful. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. That's that's a lot of stimulation for that early in the yes. morning. <laughs> Always. But we did it. We did it together. Nice. We did indeed. We did indeed. <laughs> well, we shall see how this movie performs. I'm intrigued. And um, I think the first Avatar was nominated for an Oscar, so it'll be interesting to see mm-hmm. I think how it this won, does in the awards race. It won three, question mark? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Won three Oscars, according to IMDb. Yes. Mm. I will say, I think the visuals were – more impressive than I than I was expecting them to be. I I thought that it would be a little bit underwhelming because there was just so much excitement and hype for it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like how are they going to top the first movie? And I think I think they did a pretty good job. I actually wish that my movie theater screen was larger, or that I was sitting closer to the screen. Oh, to like really get sucked in. Yeah, wow. I'm like a back row, like very oh, back row. Yeah, me too. Movie watcher. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I I think I became more impressed with the visuals after coming home and researching the movie and mm. realizing that it was filmed underwater. I I did not realize that while watching mm. the movie. And so in my mind, it was all computer generated. And I was like, oh yeah, that's really cool. Oh. Like we're doing really cool things on computers. I'm amazed. Um, I like, know this is like underwater performance yeah. capture yeah which yeah. is bonkers and yeah 
that that makes me appreciate the visuals more had I known that Mm -hmm. going into the movie I would have probably been more blown away than I was Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean that's what's that's interesting what's interesting about this franchise in general is that no matter what we think about the story really it will be remembered for just the like the its ability to push the boundaries of technology innovation for filmmaking and for animation so that that it will be remembered in history for sure and also i'm sure for like making a crap ton of money i think what it's the first avatar is like the highest grossing movie of all time mm-hmm. yep cheese yep and i i, I don't know it, it's gonna be interesting to see how this performs because I remember when Avatar came out I did not see it when it came out because I am contrarian and what everybody else likes I'm not gonna do um (laughs) but I I remember when it came out and everybody was talking about like how how incredible it looked compared to everything else which makes sense because it came out in 2009 and like we Mm. movies looked very different back then Mm -hmm. than they do now And so it'll just be interesting to see, like, yes, the visuals in Way of Water are phenomenal. Um, But it's just interesting because our ability to create CGI and all of the different things has improved so much over the last 13 years. Um, I just wonder if, if Way of Water will be head and shoulders above everything else or if there's going to be a little bit. I don't know, closer between Way of Water and things that were CGI or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like that, when that gap is smaller, it's less yeah. impressive. When that gap is larger, the difference in effects yeah. in the audience is different. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. We shall see. I'm sure. I mean, yeah, there's, there's going to be another movie coming out soon. I mean, they've already what like they've already done some filming for it already and mm-hmm. like i think the majority so. of it is is filmed jeez so i imagine it's not going to be another i think it's two years. years yeah yeah i think it's well, december 2024 wow that's insane yeah i mean smart for them they've built all the all the like technology that they need and camera and equipment mm-hmm. and whatnot yeah Just and do it filming, in one go. yeah filming everything at the same time especially when you're working with younger actors because then they can be the same age Mm -hmm. in both you know like all of those logistical things as well yeah yeah well all right this is our review and discussion of avatar the way of water you can find it available out in theaters thank you for listening to this week's episode of the strategic whimsy experiment this podcast is fueled by our passion for stories and connection and it's something we continue to do each week solely because we love it This is our strategic whimsy experiment, and we encourage you to find a way to infuse whimsy into your day. You can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you tune into your favorite shows. Drop us a review letting us know your thoughts about Avatar The Way of Water. You can connect with us on Instagram at Strategic Whimsy Experiment, on Twitter at Strategic Whimsy, or you can email us at strategicwhimsyexperiment at gmail.com. We will be back next week to discuss another sequel in a different franchise, a very different franchise, Ryan Johnson's Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. We hope you have an amazing week and we'll see you next week.